Scott and Liam versus Evil. Now, if that's not the best song you've ever heard in your whole entire life, then I don't know what you've been doing with your life. I have no idea why you've just started this with the intro theme tune to Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what no, that sounded like. That is nothing like that. that. What I just sang there was the fantastic song uh, done by Goblin for the amazing, amazing movie Dawn of the Dead. And that's what we are going to be talking about today. However, before you actually start getting excited and think that we're going to be doing something fun today, that song barely even makes it into this movie because we're actually going to be talking about Zack Snyder's terrible, awful abomination remake from 2004 of the same name Dawn of the Dead and who picked this movie yes yes I picked it this is kind of self-flagellation this is like um, just getting it out of the way you know just so that I can address the elephant in the room <laughs> zombies don't run <laughs> okay I still address the elephant in the room that you did start with the rainbow theme tune because it sounded just, exactly like up above the trees and houses da 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 <laughs> That is that. That's what you sang. No, okay. <laughs> the, I just remember the only thing I remember of Rainbow is um, the whole bit about them bouncing their balls and playing their twangers, and I, I can never remember if that was an actual show or if it was like a behind the scenes like joke that the adults done that leaked on YouTube, and now it's an urban legend that it was actually aired on kids TV. Uh, I don't remember if it done it because I was too young. I think to actually watch it live. Well, I think I, I was, was too young to watch it live as well, to be honest with you. Uh, but I used to, I had, a, I had the video and I used to watch it all the time. I fucking loved, <laughs> I loved Zippy, man. He was, fucking he was, hated Zippy. And I hated George as well. Is George the, uh, the pink, the pink hippo? The pink hippo. Yeah. It was very, it was very LGTB, for, well, I was going to say forward and friendly, but it, I, I suppose it kind of was. They never actually said that George was, was, was part of the LGBT community, but I guess you could, I guess well, I maybe that's maybe I'm wrong in assuming his sexuality, but I, you you would you would say that he, he had the hallmarks of being someone who perhaps would be uh, part of that community, um, and the there was no issue. It was just he's just a pal, and that's it, which is the way it should be. I don't think the LGBTQ community extends to pink hippos. <laughs> I, I think that's more about. Uh, I've, I've walked past the water. <laughs> I've walked past the Waterloo and uh, on on Pride Week, and I'm telling you. Some hippos a bit. And on that note, I'm Liam, that's Scott, and this is Dawn of the Dead from 2004. Hey, Vivian. Hey, now look, I can go backwards. Let me see. Hey, that's amazing. Hey. Hey, you. Up and kill. Residents are advised to find a safe place and stay there. 
I've just been informed that we are going off the air and switching to the emergency broadcasting system. Look up the road, there's a lot more of them. Why are they coming here? Maybe they're coming for us. Sooner or later, they're gonna get in here. Our baby's gonna be fine. It's only a matter of time. It's coming. They'll find a way in. Oh, God. Dawn of the Dead 2004 was directed by Zack Schneider, uh, written by George A. Romero, who obviously wrote the original screenplay, and James Gunn had a lot to do with this. Uh, it stars Sarah Polly, Ving Rames, Ving motherfucking Rames, uh, Mikai Pfeiffer, who, to be honest, I think he peaked at 8 Mile. Was, yeah, he was underwhelming in this movie. So it's a nurse, a policeman, a young married couple, a salesman and other survivors of a worldwide plague that is producing aggressive, flesh-eating zombies take refuge in a mega Midwestern shopping mall. Now, this, you forgot a couple of people who was in this movie. There's the guy who kind of looks like the boy from uh, Usual Suspects. Is that what uh, it's called? It depends. Reservoir Dogs. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. Oh, you're thinking about Tim Roth? That's I'm thinking, J- thinking of Tim Roth. Yeah, Jake Weber. There's a difference right. between that Tim Weber... Eh, sorry, Tim Weber? Who the fuck's Tim Weber? <laughs> See? I mean, they're just <laughs> merging into one person. Tim Roth is an excellent actor. Jake Weber is pretty, pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll agree. That's that's definitely the difference between the two of them. But it also stars um, a sexy, sexy Kevin Zegers. Yep. Who's also in? Is it wrong turn? Yeah, he's in wrong turn with the same girl from Dawn of the Dead. Right. Who actually? Also, I don't enjoy. I don't enjoy her. Lindy Booth. And this. And this. Although he's I like, should, I should start off the bat. I do not think this is a bad movie. This isn't just going to be a a two way slight on the Dawn of the Dead remake. I think it's a good movie, but. I don't enjoy her character in this at all. Well, she was, um, if I'm if I'm right in this, her and Kevin Zegers are supposed to play, well, I think Kevin Zegers is supposed to be in his early 20s, but she's supposed to be in her kind of late teens, maybe even like 17. And she is like 35 in this, when she was filming this movie. She's a lot older than, she, than she, the, the character she plays, same way same as in, when she was in Wrong Turn. She doesn't look that old at all. She, no, she no. definitely passes for that. Yeah. When I say I don't like her, I just don't like the character. It's nothing to do with her age or her looks or her boobs. Her char- yeah. <laughs> character's uh, annoying as fuck. Oh, yeah. million percent. Um, right, so I'll just get him fired into my notes. So basically it starts, uh, we have our main character. I don't even remember her name. Uma Thurman look like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is this just like, is somebody just tried to like cast uh, a... Uma Thurman? <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 yeah, we, we just lookalikes from all his movies. Right, so it starts in the in the hospital, and our main character is a nurse, and she is getting uh, been on like a big long shift or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, stereotypical hospital, stereotypical general nurse, blah blah blah. They're so busy, oh fuck yous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but see if I see when the doctor like speaks down to you, and he's I was like, see if a doctor spoke to me like that, I'd nut him. As in, like, blow a load on him or stick, <laughs> stick, stick the, the nut in him. him. Right, okay. Aye, the Scottish nut him. 
<laughs> so basically, um, you get a kind of wee, uh, glimpse into something because there's a, somebody come down from a bite and then he's been sent up to neuro- new neurology. So it's obviously saying that there's something going on in his brain. And they're like, well, that's a bit strange from a bite. Why is it like this? But then you say, well, if it's, if it's working, um, I can't remember anything today. If it's, what's that virus the dogs get? Rabies. If it's rabies, that's, that's neurological as well. So you'd be like, well, maybe he's got rabies. But anyway, they don't say that because, uh, that, you know, they don't want to send it on a, I don't know, a Kujo route when they're going down a, uh, down on the dead route. So, um, basically she's, uh, heads home after a stressful, stressful day. You get a wee glimpse that stuff, something is starting to happen in the world, but nothing's really major yet. She comes home into her perfect, perfect suburban life when the wee girl from like two doors down is talking to her as if they're best pals, even though she's like in her 30s and that's kind of weird and almost pedophilic, but you know, we'll let them off it. Um, she shows her her rollerblades and then she says she'll come out and play with her the next day, which again, raises questions. Uh, but she goes in and meets her boyfriend or her husband who is punching several leagues above his weight because he's fat and hairy. <laughs> and then um, they... She jumps onto her bed in her scrubs. She's been working in an A&E all day and she jumps in bed in her scrubs, right? How fucking unhygienic. Well, there's a plague spreader in this place with people with fucking their, the hospital nurses kicking about like that. So they come in. She says some nonsense about how she tra- if she switches one shift, she gets a 3D weekend at the end of the, end of the, uh, the end of the month. And that's not really how shift swaps work because I'll tell you, I do a shift swap. I'm working some days um, Saturday this week and I'm getting five days off straight after it. I don't need to wait to the end of the month. Uh, right. So then they they watch a bit of TV and then they go and have sex in the shower and you can almost make out pubes through the the glass when they're standing behind it having sex. Everything's fantastic. Hold, hold, hold this on, point. hold on. Is that what you <laughs> took from the shower scene that you can almost you make out the pubes? The fact that there was just a, a sex scene going. The last thing I want to see is pubes pressed up against the glass. I, I'm, not I even, de- I'm not even thinking about that. I want details. <laughs> I want to know that the actors are, are naked standing next to each other. Like, is his, is his um, flat willy, like, pressing up against her leg sometimes? Or is, is, are they, like, is it in the case where they've, they've obviously got consent before they go in and she says, is it okay for me to stand naked and touch you under this running water for the sake of the scene? And he says yes. And he says, is it okay for me to stand and touch you naked under this running water for the sake of the scene? And she says yes, because it's all about consent these days. You can't put force women into acting out any scene as they want. But... You're in that sexy scene, right? And this this point as well, you're behind a shower curtain, so you can't even see the, the crew. So t- technically, you're just having shower sex, like, almost. So do you think that he got a boner? And if he did, do you think she'd just be like, ah, well, I'm flattered. I don't know if it's flattering. Like, I know most guys, me especially, like, it doesn't, take a, it, it doesn't take a whole lot to get you aroused. Just just merely touching it. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be like the old hag witch that loves in the skip. <laughs> <laughs> You're still going to be erect. But shower sex, I don't find anything sexy about that. Because have you ever tried it? It's fucking it's impossible. It's quite difficult. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, you're just asking for, asking for trouble. Because you're basically confined in four, five, three, whatever size, whatever shape your shower is, big giant panes of glass, you are eventually, at some point, quite quickly, going to slip, you're going to fall into the glass. If you're a bit weighty, you're going through that glass, it's not worth it, just wait till they come out, dry them off and have sex in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> but we digress. For the sake of safety, yeah, <laughs> anyway, so, after they've had some sex, they, um, they go to sleep. And they wake up at stupid o'clock in the morning and the wee girl that they were fancying uh, on the rollerblades just came inside the house um, and, the, and, the, and the husband gets up 
and he goes over and sees her and she's all ripped to the face and the graphics are quite good here so she's all been bit in her face and she's obviously for, as far as we, we're concerned she's already a zombie we know this um the husband tries to help her shouts the the wife up to get called 911 even though she's an a e doctor but she should be called 911 while he fixes it yes yeah, so that makes sense um so uh then the she just bites his neck open, which is, again, quite good graphics. There's a lot of kind of blood splat and spray and stuff, and it looks like, you know, it's, in terms of what original Dawn of the Dead was at with a thick orangey-red paint to now, what fake blood looks like, it is 100 times better. Um, and he throws the wee girl down the corridor, and she wakes up. Uh, the, the wife is getting up and comes over to see what's going on. The wee lassie then jumps up, though, like, does this kind of wee gymnastics jump, like flicks up on your feet and then comes bolting for the door. Now, I do like this opener, right? As it is intense, but again, this this elephant in the room, let's get it out of the way right away. This is a reanimated corpse zombie. What is it about what is it about the director that thinks that, that by dying we would all become Olympians? You can make slow zombies scary. But this came out not long, like a year, two years after twenty eight days later, which when it came out was terrifying. I think if they if they went back to slow moving zombies so soon after that, nobody's getting scared of that. Nobody is finding any terror in a slow walking zombie. I still yeah, I can I hear what you're saying, but what they should have done then is re rerouted the um script to be like what uh, twenty eight days later it was because twenty eight days later technically if you want to go purist, it wasn't a zombie film, it was a, a rage and infection film. So uh, it's like they weren't reanimated corpses; they were infected, and that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. It gives them, they, it gave them like heightened anger and heightened adrenaline, and so made them run faster. It didn't make, it shouldn't make them all Olympians again. They shouldn't be fleeing fast because you know some people are fat and crap at running. But <laughs> uh, it, sh- it, it can explain why that would be the case. Whereas in this movie, it is reanimated corpses, and reanimated corpses, uh, you know. They, they, it just by nature shouldn't be able to run. They shouldn't be able to walk either. I get that. Don't you know? Don't call me in the science, but it's you know it, can, it should just be slow. Can you imagine how butthurt you and all other Dawn of the Dead original diehard fans would be if they came out with a Dawn of the Dead remake but changed it to all oh, these guys are actually infected? They're not dead. You would be so fucking raging. They they had to release it as a Dawn of the Dead remake to try and bring in the ticket sales because it was a, during the time where remake was like the big thing so they ha- there's no way they could get about that they had to pretend it was still the dead coming back to life because you would all be fucking up in arms greeting and moaning that Zack Snyder was this that and the next thing more than you already do yeah I suppose I suppose <laughs> so she manages to lock herself so basically her husband um jumps on the bed and he is like bleeding out she can't get through the emergency services they're all engaged as uh, quite quickly we realize that the fucking shit has properly hit the fan um but she then witnesses what happens you get a bite you die and then you come back she sees her man coming back to life so she runs into the ensuite manages to lock the door i don't know how because she didn't she didn't do any lock it she just slammed it shut but anyway that's semantic so <laughs> she falls into the she falls into the bath and then she thinks it's all fine and good. She manages to, for a, a really good kind of strong woman, female... In fact, this is 2004 and they've got a strong female lead in the in this movie. That's Was that ever picked out? Because that's good. There you go. All you're doing is pointing out the good points. Ah, I, no, think no, you, I, will, I, I think you love this film. Do you prefer this to the original? I don't know. No, no, that's, <laughs> that is a bold statement. I don't... 
well, we'll get to see if I, whether I hate it or not. But I don't, uh, I don't fully dislike it. But in terms of a remake, I don't think it's a good remake. But in terms of what it does well, that is one of the things that it certainly does well is having a, a strong female lead. And she is smart enough to grab the keys off the, the dresser for the car before she goes into the bathroom. And then, do you think there's a wee kind of homage to The Shining at all when he smashes through the bathroom door? Or do you think there's only really one way you can smash through a bathroom door? Yeah, I think there's. <laughs> I think you're kind of limited in your bathroom door smashing <laughs> ways there. Yeah. Um, so she manages to get out the window and she runs out to her car and that's when she has a look at our perfect suburban life. And uh, I, I do like the scene of the chaos in the street. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I do kind of like it. Like she comes out, and like there's people screaming, there's fires, and then our neighbour, like just like our neighbours. I mean, I guess it's when you're in panic, people act like bits, like a bit of a dick. But the neighbour across the street just looks at her and he just points the gun at her and says, "Get away!" And she's like, "I'm not even coming near you, you dickhead!" And he's like, "Get away!" I said to you, "Get away!" And he keeps walking towards her. I'd be like, "Go and fucking fuck yourself, mate!" And obviously he goes random in an ambulance, so he's not a threat anymore. It shows but, you how wild America is, though, that the neighbours just got a gun and absolutely nobody questions it. Like yeah. if, if that if that happened here, you would need to go somewhat to to be able to get your hands on a gun. Yeah, farmers. Yeah, and even then, but even then, it's just kind of shotguns or air rifles. Yeah, I think yes, I think you can still do some damage with a, with a shotgun. To be honest, but that's uh, a, I bet you need to be close range. You should I would maybe go to London. I hear there's a lot of guns floating about there. <laughs> the poor ends. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just seeing what the news tells me. Um, so she, she, she jumps in the car as well. I think it's quite good. I like the whole scene of her husband coming running out uh, and jumping on the bonnet of the car and punching the window. That's quite good the way it's done because it's been inside and it's slightly slow motion and it looks like he probably punches the window. However, 2004 that car would definitely have safety glass in the front window and that would just that wouldn't just break like a like a bit of glass. It would break like a, you know when it all goes crystallized the whole thing. Yeah, but again. Th- think that's an homage to Ace Ventura Pet Detective when uh, he's stole the dog and the guy's on the bonnet of the car, uh, sorry, the boot of the car, punching through the window to try to get in and get the dog that he's kidnapped. Um, yeah, yes. I think it is, yeah. 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 Um, I also like the way that uh, when he falls off the he falls off the bonnet and he chases after the car. Now, Again, I don't like running zombies. However, I like the way that this actor runs after the car because he's running full pelt after this car. And it's like, it is quite intense. All right, I will give you that. But I also like the way that he just fully gets distracted by different victims and just runs off to just, you know, it's not like, and it, that kind of shows that it's not, his wife he's after, it's not like a rage. So it's not like 21 days, 28 days later where it's not a rage where he's maybe got like con- somewhat control or a reason to be angry at a certain person, like a, a human anger. It's just like, I need to eat like flesh yeah you're flip-flopping by the way that you've gave quite a few points to Donna the Dead and you started out with saying it was a I'm going to be paraphrasing here piece of absolute rubbish tripe (laughs) (laughs) now like I say there are good points in this and I I always like to be positive and um, look for for the celebrate the underdog and you know look for the best and the worst (laughs) right okay now she starts. She starts. Uh, right. So I again. So I like the, the husband getting distracted. However, I do quickly get bored with the camera angle. Like they've obviously just like fastened a static camera to the, the back of the car and just follow it driving around. And I, I, I think I just get kind of bored with that technique. I don't know if you feel the same or no. So I, qu- I, I quite like it. It feels a bit like a video game. 
where you are concentrating on that one character and all this chaos is happening around you. Uh, and it's quite... I, I thought it was quite a fun scene, especially about it just coming up where the, the bus comes out, the, or the uh, kind of minibus comes out the junction, goes through the petrol station, explodes with the aerial shot. I think all that happening around you when you are just kind of focused on that bit in the centre... I think it's quite uh, it's quite interesting. It's quite a, a, a fun thing to watch. Yeah, actually, I, I will I will agree. Uh, have you ever noticed that when you watch the CGI, uh, the aerial shot of the car driving just before the petrol station blows up? Have you ever watched where the truck comes from? Yeah, it just appears out of absolutely nowhere. It appears nowhere. out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> like they could have literally just made it drive like you know two feet further along, or changed the the parameters of of the of the scene and not made that just come out of nowhere. Well, why did they think nobody would notice where that came out of? I know. Uh, just bring the actual main shot just in ever so slightly. It doesn't yeah. need to be that wide. Yeah, yeah. I have noticed that. The CGI in this film as a whole doesn't stand up too well as most computer stuff never does. The makeup and that shit hot, but the computer stuff, yeah, that is definitely dated, especially in that scene. Yeah. Uh, so then I think this is where we cut into the kind of opening credits almost and we get Johnny Cash and I've got plus, plus, plus. Uh, and it's, it's such a good kind of, almost like an end of day song. It's uh, when the man comes around. Aye, so it's judgment day, like when when he comes back to judge us all, basically. You want to sing it or will I just do what you inevitably do? Johnny Cash. Just play the people a wee 30 seconds of it right now. There's a man going round taking names and he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. Right. There you go. He's all enjoyed that. That was good. Um... Now, actually, see, in that song, there's a bit where he says that the, the virgins are all trimming their wicks. Now, I don't know what that means. I always thought it, I just assumed when I was younger, when I first watched this, I thought it was like there was something to do with, like, cutting their pubes or fingering themselves or something like that. I don't know if that's Is it, the case. Uh, I, I'm not too sure, but usually when virgins are about to have sex, they light loads of candles and set the mood. I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe they're just letting the... Like just yeah, trimming the actual wicks of their candles. Maybe it's quite. Oh right, 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 right. Oh yeah, okay. Um, so, so you know how they like, and it's and it shows you during this opening sequence as well. It shows you like kind of clips of riots and different things. I think it's like actual footage of genuine riots over the whole world, like over different times for different reasons, and they're obviously trying to say that it's all because of this uh, outbreak. But do you do you not think like the actual chaos that society would erupt into in such an event would be both awesome and terrifying at the same time? Uh, what what are the awesome parts? Just like watching people, but would like you watching how it happens. Would you really be able to watch them? Yeah, well, you would. Well, obviously not on the telly that because the telly would go down. But basically, you would need to what you watch them from afar because if if just, I've said it before and I'll say it again, if society goes into a meltdown, if society breaks, the constructs of society break down, you end up and people panic. Do not go where the crowds go. Do not follow the crowds and do not try and like loot stuff because 
if if it's an end of days situation and people are going to like massively die, then whatever they loot when they die, then you can go and get it. No yeah. point in making yourself die. Don't die right at the start. You want to live a, a good, you know, realistically, if it's a proper end of the world situation, you want to live like a good couple of months. I think that would be, I think that would be successful. To, to answer your question though, would I be interested in watching people at that? Probably not, because as much as I enjoy people watching, I have a, call it an unfounded fear, but I have a serious fear of being raped <laughs> and, ca- <laughs> and cannibalised. So I wouldn't be people watching at all, I'd be getting the fuck out of there and I, I wouldn't care what everybody else was doing, it would just be me on my own fucking going for it. That's that is um probably fair enough because those two things are a definite risk come the end of the world. Yeah. Especially if you look like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, um my next uh, well my next note is I don't know if a rater leading lady at plane scared and bewildered, but you know, I guess you don't really know how a person's going to react when they're scared and bewildered, so really you can say that she's doing it perfectly. But my next main note is uh Ving Rames. Ving motherfucking Rames. Do you know he only if he heard there was a remake of this and he actually tracked down a producer just to be in it for real? <laughs> yeah I read that on IMDB I don't actually know Ving Rhames personally that's not a <laughs> that's not a thing I, I, I know out with IMDB but yeah apparently he just he phoned a producer and went I want to be in this movie it's Ving fucking Rhames and they went of course it's Ving Rhames you are in the movie that is pretty much what I would say but, uh, certainly after Pulp Fiction yeah. Okay, then he can do whatever he wants. Although he did do it, he, or Ving Rhames has done a lot of shit. Like, yeah. there's a lot of shit out there starring Ving Rhames. He's a bit like the 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 black Vinnie Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Vinnie like Jones shit. Yeah, Vinnie Jones. Yeah, he's a black Vinnie Jones who can actually act. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that. That's... Vinnie Jones. Who was Vinnie Jones? He's a footballer. Yeah. He couldn't play football either. Well, I don't know if he could play football. I I am in no position to judge if anybody can play or not play football. But who was the guy that could I kick the the fan? Was that Vinnie Jones? That was Eric Cantona. Oh yes, it was from Man United. I like. <laughs> I literally know five facts about football, and one of them is that Eric Cantona dropped kicked yeah. somebody, and the other one is that Vinnie Jones isn't the best footballer. Stay tuned for the other three facts. My, my other fact is I learned it yesterday that Ian Durant recently said fuck the Pope at an Ibrox uh, players dinner. <laughs> Who's Ian Durant? I take it he's a Rangers player. He was a Rangers player, right? Eh? Oh, of course he would be. Fucking bigot. That was, that was especially for Baz, because I know he'll be <laughs> <laughs> Right, um, so basically we have, uh, she's bumped into Ving Rhames, um, and then they start kind of trying to find somewhere to go, and this is when they bump into Mackay Pfeiffer, Tim Roth, and Mackay Pfeiffer's Spanish wife. Now, they pull guns at each other, Ving Rhames and, uh, Ving Rhames is obviously dressed like a cop, uh, so he, he, um, he's pulled the gun and then Mackay Pfeiffer's pulled the gun as well and Tim Ross says, put the gun down, he's a cop. I'm like, that's all the more reason for Mackay Pfeiffer to keep his gun up. <laughs> but he's not a zombie Cause, cop. Cause, cause cops shoot black people in America. <laughs> that, that one went totally over my head, but. Yeah, uh, but it's real. Yeah, it's real. It is, it is. Horrifying um, see, real. see, like, see when you think about it, right? Now, obviously, <clears throat> at that that whole situation, and it's not really for me to weigh in because I don't live in that country. I also have never experienced first-hand racism because of my white privilege. Is that <laughs> can, I say, can I say? I don't mean it like I have it, but I mean that's. I don't it's, think I'm it's. Just, a, I don't think it's offensive to say that I've not experienced racism because I am white. 
I don't think that's right. I don't think that's an but that but that is that is that is fully the case because I haven't experienced it firsthand because I was lucky well I'm not lucky enough because it's not unlucky to be how hard is it to tiptoe around these subjects <laughs> I have was born in skin that doesn't experience racism that often unless you're South African but um the do you see like watching videos on like youtube or whatever else that come up facebook of of situations where cops end up shooting people sometimes they're not and they're not always they're not always a uh, black sometimes it's just like there was a i think it was a white kid that was a uh, some some idiot had a, i don't know what he was doing he was he had gone in a hotel room and somebody seen him through the window so the cops are charging the room but he didn't have the gun on him when he had they, they had him out crawling up the corridor to like like say like with his hands out like saying like he's under arrest or whatever and he was like begging for his life and they ended up shooting him I'm thinking, see, like, if I went on holiday to America and the cops pulled me over, I would be fucking shitting myself, full-on shitting myself that I said the wrong thing and I end up getting shot. Because you imagine getting a gun pointed at you? Yeah, you fucking... Well, what would we be like on that stag do? We just had to hold like, guns and shoot them and every one of us were fucking shitting it, just actually holding a gun. Yeah. That's why every time you say you'd be successful at the end of the world, I'm like, no, we actually <laughs> wouldn't. We would be useless. <laughs> Well, that's that's why we run away and hide from everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I get I get what you're saying. So they go to keep going the direction that Mackay Pfeiffer and Tim Roth have just came from, and then Tim Roth says, "You don't want to go that way," and she says, "What's that way?" I said, "What the fuck do you think that way, Hen? Like, what do you what do you honestly think that way? Hundreds more of those things you've just dealt with." <laughs> no, I think. Aye. <laughs> right. So where where would you go? In Right, but set the scene, where am I? Um, you, you were in Hamilton and uh, Lena just tried to eat your balls off and you jump out <laughs> your uh, bath- bathroom window or you know, your downstairs, your front wee bathroom window and you run into your van and you drive it out of your street and uh, like Lena comes running after you, tries to jump through the car and runs off to one of your neighbours and eats them and you drive out to Hamilton, you're down at Kane at Asda and the whole place has gone fucking mental. Right, you want to you just tell him my address because you've fucking <laughs> <laughs> you've almost directed folk up to my fucking front door if they stay in Hamilton. <laughs> uh, so by Asda, what he means is a uh, different supermarket, not in Hamilton. <laughs> uh, other supermarkets are available. Uh, so what I would do is I would go onto the motorway. I would drive south. I'd keep going till I got to like kind of Lead Hills area because I know obviously it's a bit more secluded and there'll be way less chance of shit going down there. Uh, so I'd get to about the middle and I would park and then I would just get out and I'd just run out the hills and I would just be feral until I died. <laughs> what would you do? I would... 43 would Glen Street, uh, Scott Howley. If you came out the <laughs> door of 43 Glen Street, ran, d- ran down Glen Street. <laughs> uh, right, so you, you've came out, you've drove d- down your road out, you have went past the little, you've went past the big kind of shopping mall and you are... You've went onto the slip road and you're in on the motorway and the way into Glasgow. Go. Um... I would wonder why I'm heading towards a big city when I've said for ages that I would stay away from the cities, but I would... If I was going to keep, keep on the motorway, I would go through past the city and I would head up north because there's less people up north, like up to like the Cairngorms or whatever. Uh, but immediately, 
immediately, to be perfectly honest, see if the shit probably hit the fan, immediately you would want to try and contact family and whatever else. However, if you were chased out your street because it was like people eating you, then well, fuck if you're chased out your street, then that's already your home gone, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I always said that I would. I always said that uh, if it properly shit hit the fan and it was like we got like enough had happened that you know you don't go to work anymore, like society is gone and you need now fend for yourself. I'd probably break into my work and steal all the uh, medicines and antibiotics and painkillers. I'd maybe just do the Bill Murray thing, just dress up as a zombie and just walk about, <laughs> just joining in with them. Yeah. Well, what about right? Here's here's my what I wrote down at the time. So when I asked you where would you go, I said them all is a good option. But there will be lots of entrances to block. What about like an office block and block the stairways like so high that you can see everything? But then you'd need to have a viable escape route as well. So it's kinda that's kinda twenty eight days later, like where Brendan Gleason and his daughter are, like up the high rise, but they've fully blocked the stairways, so like you can't get up. Yeah. But then you also can't quickly get out either, and that's the big big risk. So yeah. And also to actually then go and get supplies you've then got all those stairs to lift all your supplies up because obviously the lift yeah. wouldn't be working unless you could some i will electricity goes down i suppose the lift's not going to be working i was thinking there's some way you could like kind of bypass it so you could only switch it on when you're using it um i just try to think like i'm trying to think of it even in like in glasgow the office blocks they're they're not skyscrapers as such in terms of the way new york or whatever is and they're not also close enough that you can't like run across the rooftops yeah. So you mean you couldn't like you couldn't like block off your office building, but then like jump over a cut like parkour over a couple of roofs and then get down like. Parkour. Yeah, yeah. I'm also assuming that as soon as the world goes to shit, I also become an Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, they go to the mall, and um, now where are we? They they meet um, some zombies in here already. I think they meet like um, I think it's a cop zombie. I think at this point because they put them in the in the fountain. Uh, there's a stabbing through the head effect that's quite good. I think that might be Tim Roth in the cupboard uh-huh. when he puts the yep through the he's, the guy's mouth like under his chin and up through his head. Um, but you also know fine well when the pregnant lady gets bit, you can see that it's like obvious straight away. Maybe I don't know if it was obvious the first time I watched it, but when you know that that's how she, her character story ends, you can see exactly when she's bit. Yep. So this is then we meet the security guards. The security guard there's three of them. Um, CJ. The weird guy and Kevin Zegers. Um, now the the leader of security is like the CJ. He's actually quite a good character, and I think and really well acted as well because he, he does the things he does and says are it's quite dickish to begin with. But when he has a kind of arc and he starts to come round to the the people who have kind of broken out the mall and he starts to realise that society is fucked and that he's, he's it's not his job anymore to protect them all or whatever or be a dickhead about it. He does then start to be almost a hero. In fact, he is a hero. Actually, how how his character act goes? Yeah, because he's like kind of shown compassion and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we've got Kevin Zegers, sexy Kevin Zegers. But we also this is it run about this point we get a Tom Savini cameo. Yeah, which he's actually it's kind of shoehorned. <laughs> yeah, he is actually. He's, I think he's quite cool. I've got that's one cool motherfucker. But he's because I remember the time that I met him and uh, I showed him a picture of my zombie from the original Dawn of the Dead the plaid shirt zombie that was on my leg and he just kind of looked at it and went oh. <laughs> but then later on I was getting a or it was before that I was getting a, a photo shoot with him because I got a uh, Lon had bought me the photo shoot when we went to London Comic Con and I was wearing my Night Living Dead t-shirt and he was like hey cool shirt I was like haha nice <laughs> and uh, and then like 20 minutes later when I was in his autograph queue he just kind of 
bummed off my, my tattoo. I was like, oh, fair enough. If Tom Savini can only give every human one compliment a day, you, yeah. you, you got yours with a t-shirt. Don't, don't fuck it. it. Don't milk it. He then, the next day, he liked my Instagram post, so that was my comment for the second day, so it was all right. So two, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> uh, we also get a Scott Reiniger cameo. Who the fuck is Scott Reiniger? Scott Reiniger p- played um, a... I always uh, mistake their names in this fucking movie. It's one of my favourite movies. I can never get them right. Uh, Peter? No, Roger. Played Roger in the original Dawn of the Dead. What cameo is he in this? He's one of the army guys. He's on the television. He's not in it for uh, long. I don't, I don't, I don't even notice that. Yeah. He looks he looks like completely different. For like, like You know how like Tom Savini still looks the same and Ken Forey still looks the same? Yeah. Um, but uh, he looks like he's aged like like cheese that's been left out in the counter <laughs> okay um yeah uh we got uh, some good uh, some good lines uh, possibly from cj why don't you drink a nice tall glass or shut the fuck up <laughs> they do uh reuse some of the lines now did you say that george romero wrote the screenplay for this movie no no he, he wrote the original screenplay but right. and then they, they, right, they adapted it count him as a, a writer because the concept was written by him right Okay, okay. Um, so they do start using a, a bunch of uh, same same lines and stuff because they ask why did they come here, and somebody says instinct, uh, and that's kind of the, the original uh, quote was like like what they come feel is like uh, instinct, memory, perhaps. This is what they used to know. Um, but that's just so when you're watching it, when you hear that, you go woo original woo. <laughs> so they're they're just playing for they're playing for the crowd there. Yeah, so we also, at round about this point, uh, we get the Ken Foley cameo, and he's uh, a priest on telly, and he says his line again, but on telly, like, when there's no more room in hell. Yeah. The Do you know, if, if, you, if you go through this movie at this speed, it'll last longer than the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, you know, actually, it's like, movies that I do actually like, I do... Uh, Group them note for note. I've actually got quite a lot. So I, do I start speeding oh, up oh, then? You flip-flopped again. Movies that I you know. actually quite like. I noticed this because um, we, we're, we're really because um, we're really on point of recording these episodes. It wasn't that long ago we recorded Mr. Jones, and I was looking through my notes, and I, Mr. Jones was literally like, I had to scroll maybe once, like just push my thumb up once to get to the end of my notes. I literally have to do it like sixteen times in my notes here to get to the end <laughs> of this one. So I have wrote a lot. So yeah, we can we can push through and uh, and move this along if you want. Uh, yeah, because I, I I want you to. Get to the end where you tell me why you hate it so much after all these uh, facts about what you actually enjoy from the film. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just trying, I'm reading my notes here to try and figure out where the next part to go. But yeah, I, I've got this point here about CG again. Why is he so concerned in case they steal shit? Is he still caring about his job? Or is he claiming all the stuff in the mall as his own and doesn't want them to steal off him rather than from his employer? It could be either the two of them, you know, because it could be like just like saying, well, that's all went to ship. So now all this stuff in here is mine because possession still means stuff to people. But the way that he goes at the end, it becomes like you know one of the the group. I think it's I think it's safe to say that he just is still kind of his his job mindset before he actually accepts everything's changed. Yeah, like he maybe thinks everything's going to be okay, and he's still stopped people looting the stores. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we get this is when the the BP truck comes around about the car park, and we see that there's people more people needing saved. Now the BP truck again, that's a that's a homage to the original because it was BP trucks they used to block all the entrances. So that's that's a direct reference to the, the original, definitely. Yep. Uh, so they bring in all the people and you've got uh, 
more characters, but you've got a big fat woman that comes in in a, a wheelbarrow. She's been bitten. Uh-huh. The big fat woman that comes in in the suit is a, is a guy in a suit. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, it's a skinny guy in a fat suit. Uh, I think the, the, the fat woman character is a little too unreal. Like, I, I, I didn't know it was a skinny guy in a fat suit, but at no point did I think it was a real big fat woman. Yeah. Kind of thing, like, it, I know it's not CGI, but it just felt a little too fake that the character would have, or they would have decomposed that quickly. Because yeah. you're meant to assume that this is still all, obviously, early on in the same day. And uh-huh. yeah. it, they, they decompose rapidly. An actual body wouldn't decompose that quickly. No, absolutely. And that's, uh, that's, that's obviously a big point they've, they've, uh, they've missed. Yeah. So, I so this is when then the fat person when they then when they jump up and they jump up again like a like Olympic uh, athlete and they come running over to try and attack somebody and they kill her with a fire poker and again I think that that is again a direct link a direct homage to Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead remake with the uh, the big fat farmer who was in a in his dungarees and they killed him with a fire poker and it was he had the same kind of cuts around about his lips and he also looked the same kind of fake fat person as this fat woman does. Although I think in the the Night of the Living Dead remake, it was just like a big rubber mannequin. Would it not be an homage to the original Night of the Living Dead then, rather than the remake? Maybe, because I don't really remember seeing the, the original Night of the Living Dead. It's I'm a black and white, man. I'm going to skip past that. <laughs> you might, you must have seen it. I, I, I have seen it, but I've, I, I haven't been back to it. Like, loads. I prefer the, I prefer the 1990s remake. Just because it's, uh, it's in colour? Pretty much. You're such a fucking cinema racist, man. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> right, so basically we find out that they, they've decided and accepted that the bikes turn into zombies, and this is when we find out that um, Kevin Zegers' bird's dad has been bitten. Now, he's the dad from uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Did you know that? Uh, what? As in the little guy with the glasses? As in the dad from next door, the sporting dad. Oh, right. Not Rick, right. Not Rick Moranis. Yeah, it's Rick Moranis. I was thinking, I was like, fuck <laughs> that is not Rick Moranis. <laughs> no, uh, the, the guy from next door. Right, no, I didn't. I didn't clock on to that. It's been a long right. time since I've seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Well, they, so he's been bitten and then they, they say, right, he's got to die and turn into a zombie. So basically, Tim Roth says, well, we're going to, need to shoot him. And then our main character, the nurse, is like freaks out and she's like, "You can't shoot me! You can't do that! We need to hold on to our humanity and all this." And she bursts away and says, "Ah, Tim Roth's coming to shoot you!" And he's like, "What? What?" And then they tell him it's the bites. And then she goes away in a half. And then they literally wait ten minutes and have to do it anyway. I like, "What a moaning cunt!" You know. And then, uh, and then we get a wee montage because then it just cuts into Richard Cheese's version of Down with the Sickness, which is brilliant. It's very, very good. And you do get a lot of um, you do get a lot of homages again in this uh, scene. So basically, you've got these new characters. You've got Steve, who is uh, the guy who owns the boat, who's like cynical, and uh, I think he went on to be on a TV show just now. Is he in the, like that Modern Family? I think. I think he uh, is. Yeah. And he's actually quite a fun character, but he'd be horrible to live in this scenario with because he's just so cynical and negative and assholeish. And he's like banging the other lassie. There's a there's a blonde lassie that was there, ever just banging her. But see when that blonde lassie was trying on underwear, I thought that was reminiscent of Fran from the original uh, Dawn of the Dead getting dolled up in the thirty style makeup. But then I noticed that the shop that she was in was called Gail Ro- Gail and Ross, which is actually the actress that played Fran's name. 
See, they're not really homages though, because it is a remake, so they are just directly lifting it. Direct, from... right, right, okay, direct, direct the uh, links. Yeah, but I was thinking there's probably a lot of um, tribute zombies in this, like movies yeah. well that I maybe I've kind of missed. Ones that are from the original Romero movies, maybe even ones from like Return of the Living Dead movies and stuff like that as well. Um, there's obviously all the celebrity zombies when they played the game with Andy across into the gun shop and he's shooting them down like uh, shooting Burt Reynolds and. Uh, uh, Jay, Jay Leno. Jay Leno. But also what I had to say about Andy was, see if when they first talked to him, they just said to him, right, Andy, go and bolt across the street and come into this mall now. When it was when it wasn't that busy, do you know? But was said Andy, he waits and fannies about. Was Andy not waiting in there because his wife? His wife was still there. Oh, was she? I think, I'm sure his wife was there and unwell. I could have made that whole plot line up. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he, his wife was there and that's why he then... He couldn't leave the shop at the time. Yeah, there must have been a kind of reason. There'll be people screaming at this podcast right now going, what the fuck was that? You have just made that up. And I, I <laughs> apologise, but that's what happens in Scotland versus Evil. So fucking Thing is, he's, he's, he's also a gun shop owner, so I can imagine gun shop owners being pretty um, territorial and like not leaving the patch. So that's probably another kind of reason. Yeah. Um. So CJ changes right after his pal's killed. His pal gets killed, uh, I think it's down in the basement. And this is kind of when he changes to it. I think this is maybe because either he has no one to show off to or maybe he realises the true gravity of the situation now and that's when his arc starts to turn into, like, almost hero. Um, so where do we go next? Uh, Mikai Pfeiffer and his Spanish wife and she's uh, having the baby. And he's like, you're doing good, baby. Breathe. And I'm like, I hate to break it to you, Mikai. She is dead. <laughs> I, I think with those characters, and it's actually my main gripe with the majority of the movie, is the characters you don't really feel any sort of connection to them yeah. like in the original the scene with the, the kind of the pregnancy and blah 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 it, it kind of tugs on your heartstrings that you feel emotionally connected to and this it seems it's just like a series of action shots that you're not you don't really care like I, I couldn't tell you Mikhail, Mikhail Pfeiffer's character's name or the the part the Spanish partner's name, so I don't no. care if she's going to have the baby or not. Like th- that doesn't bore me. You could take that story out and it wouldn't matter. And that's the, that's the bad thing. The one bad thing about Dawn of the Dead remake is you could probably take all the characters out, switch them around with different characters, and you'd still get the same movie. Yeah, I think what they wanted to do with this and t- turn the pregnancy into an actual birth rather than from the original it was it was, she was pregnant but it was just kind of disgusting how it was going to impact like their survival rather than it becoming it because the, the movie finished before she was even shown I think like if I remember right yeah um but I think in this movie they just really wanted to shock with the baby zombie thing I think that's what they wanted to try and do but I feel it was just poorly done and in bad taste almost I think the CGI was awful and it didn't bring any real scares yeah but you also find there's always somebody who's happy to shoot zombies in the head like Mackay Pfeiffer, but see when it's their own wife, they they think it's still somehow them. Where she's clearly a zombie and it's a zombie baby, and he's still like, "Don't shoot my wife in the head." Do you know what I mean? If anything, I would shoot a zombie baby quicker than I would shoot my wife or anything else because a zombie baby is fucking terrifying. Imagine hundreds of them. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if I fucking shoot that zombie baby, I don't care if it's my baby or anybody else's baby. That baby's getting shot. When this is so, this is when the, the wee old woman comes up to find him, and she finds him pretty much. It's, it's great timing. She finds him just the exact moment that she gives birth, and there's a, there's a zombie baby. 
she fires, the old woman only fires twice, once to kill the woman and once in Mackay, but he has at least three bullet holes in him, so there's a wee plot hole for you right there. But also, why didn't she just, like, go and say, oh, okay, I'll go and tell the others that your baby's born, like, let's go and have a celebration about this, and run back and tell them that his wife's dead and she's a zombie, and I don't know about the baby zombie, but he has fucking lost the plot. Instead of trying to be all gung-ho and superhero. Because I think if she said to him, oh, the baby's born, let me go tell her today, I think he would know she was fucking at it. Aye, maybe. <laughs> um, the soundtrack in this movie is actually pretty good. I'm not sure what the song is when they're fixing up the the vans, but it's pretty sweet. I didn't even Google it to find out what it was, so I don't know. Uh, I don't remember what it is. The, the van scene is... This is where the, I didn't get it. Where I get people that love the original Giorgio Romero world don't like this, but that van scene is totally... Land of the Dead and Land of the Dead came after this which makes me think Georgie Romero copied the Land of the Dead band scene from this so it's not too far extended for the Georgie Romero world which is why I, know I don't I... get why all the original fans and that are so butthurt about the remake it's still a good standalone movie alright it's nowhere near the original but it's, it's not too far removed from that world some of the some of the scenes of the vans, especially when they're driving, is is, is exactly land of the dead. You're 100 percent right. And I mean, he's not here to defend himself, but has George Romero seen this? Seen that it could be quite successful as a horror film, uh, and just incorporated those components into his. Can you imagine the original Night of the Dead or the original Dawn of the Dead with a big fucking converted? like armoured bus with chainsaws sticking outside it of course not he's went he's went a bit wild to try and capture the audience that this was made for yeah yeah it's a fucking yeah, good scene though that is a good scene so basically they're, they're in a rush now to get out because like it's becoming serious that they're, they're not going to survive so they have to get a way out uh, Steve says he's got a boat so they think well that's the best idea let's go and go on a boat because we've got an idea we'll try to make it to the island what island any island which is a quote from the original. Um, but they realise that Andy's not going to make it, so they try and send him a sandwich by sending this dog they found. But I tell you what, see, like the it's the young lassie that's going to be Kevin Zegers that's adopted this dog and she doesn't want to send it away. But I would also not let you send Bailey out there, no fucking way. Yeah, uh, I'm the same. Well, I would actually, I would let you send Boris out because I think Boris would go out do what he had to do and come back and it'd be quite successful so no, maybe <laughs> yeah I can hear him answering you in the back I know he is actually answering Boris shut up man let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, try, try to push through here uh, I, the last is a pain in the ass because she sees the dog go across she sees that the zombies don't care for the dog it gets into the uh, the shop and she still runs anyway like to try and save it you just, you know what I mean just leave the dog the dog will be fine she has to go and date anyway. She, she totally fucked up the whole end scenario. Yeah, she puts a lot of people in danger there. Yeah, and she's so fucking. How can she? And she's how can she be so oblivious to what's going on? See when she goes in the, and in, into the gun shop, and then she's on the walkie-talkie saying, "Oh, Andy's here. Oh no, he's, he's he looks sick." I'm like you're supposed <laughs> to be in your fucking twenties. You've seen this happen to your dad. You have got eyes. You can see outside. You should know what is going on. I didn't think her age has anything to do with it. She's just been across the road and seen all that stuff. Yeah. Like, it should be common sense that if any, you're going to approach it quite kind of on the back foot, 
even if you looked okay, he'd still be like, are you sure you're okay? Because I've seen a lot of bad shit there and I, I don't trust you. Not this, oh, he doesn't look too well. We may have a cold. Yeah. That's, that's why I don't like her character. She puts people in Aye. danger and she's stupid. Yep. <laughs> right, um, so they all go into Andy's gun shop and uh, have to kill Andy's dead whatever and this has been Ding Rames who his character's called Ken which is Ken Forey when he also calls everybody brother which again is fucking it's too on the nose uh, they grab all the guns and that's another direct link to the scenes it's the same uh, same style and it's the same kind of similar music playing as in the original when they're grabbing all the guns even if this one is a very short is a much sort, shorter scene when they leave the gun shop do you think that whole sequence it, this that whole sequence certainly reminds me of the start of Resident Evil 2 you know when you're out in the street and have to navigate through all the crashed cars and stuff that are on fire yeah, it does actually yeah it's been a long time since I played any of the Resident Evil games yeah I just I can just remember that kind of that intro uh, sequence I'm sure you have to crawl underneath a van and stuff like that it's been fire and all the rest of it so it was very similar to, to that and I think 2004 would have been after Resident Evil 2 yeah Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've got one of my things here. I said at this point, CJ could have been a slight inspiration for Daryl Dixon. And I said, I guess it's, it's all relative, I guess. You know? <laughs> it's all the same universe, almost. If these zombies didn't run, it would be. Yeah. Always getting done. Uh, the Walking Dead fucking shoehorned into episodes. <laughs> Sometimes you need to. Because <laughs> I'm not going to uh, fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. Right, so they, they, they hightail it out in the vans. Um, but, you know, and then obviously they get so far and they end up crashing. But, you know, it's, it's so almost so frustrating when the bus crashes. It's like after all that, like, they, they bump into something. Their daft chainsaws, they head out the side of them. He pulls it in and you end up chainsawing one bird in half. You crash the van. They didn't even need to be driving so fast. They didn't need... There didn't seem to be that many zombies in town. Like, from some of the scenes, obviously, you get some aerial scenes and there's loads of them, but... You know? Yeah. So, they eventually get to the marina. Um, they've obviously been driving for a while because it's now daytime when they reach the marina. They're driving at night and it's now daytime. But how do they know what boat is Steve's? Basically, Steve dies in the, in the van because there's two vans. One of the vans crashes. Steve dies in the van. And again, a call back to the start of the episode. Uh, Nurse is very forward-thinking and grabs the keys out of Steve's pocket uh, like she did off the bedside table. Um... So, but how do they know what boat's his? Or is it called like the pussy boat or something? Like that? Yeah, something daft? I, I think there's a name or there's a key ring with the keys. There's something definitely that gives it away. So when they get to the marina, we then we have yeah they do they power through like so many characters. You've got like CG ends up sacrificing himself in the van because I can't remember if he can't get out or it's just unescapable. So he shoots. He, he waits. He lets them all come in like hundreds and hundreds of zombies then shoots a gas tank inside the, the van which makes a huge explosion and creates like a diversion and a blockade for a lot of them to not get through so it gives them free reign of the marina we also then see that um, Tim Roth was bitten somewhere along the, the, the line so he can't go in the boat with him he needs to stand on the dock and just wait to die and off uh, sexy Kevin Zegers Ving Rames Nurse and the lassie she can save as well yeah um, so they, they sail off into the sunset but it is just like you say that the, you, you don't really care about any of them like whether they all die or they all survive it literally doesn't change the movie yeah I think there should have been less like cut out three big action sequences and just have a bit of character building and this movie is very very good but they balance yeah. it too much to action at this point 
uh, Lena's aunt and uncle left the cinema because they thought the movie was over. And it was like two or three years later, they were talking, the family were all sitting around talking about movies. And they're talking about how they liked the ending of the Dawn of the Dead and how it was such a happy ending. <laughs> and it was like, Lena's dad was like, What? Did you not, did you not see the ending like after the credits? Like, no, no, they, they got away in the boat, they, they were fine. Literally, there's a whole after credit scene where they all die anyway. Like they all get attacked yeah. by the zombies. Uh, imagine that. Imagine you walked out of a movie at just the, the the wrong time and went through your life blissfully unaware of the actual real ending. I think that's madness. It, it completely changes the whole narrative of the movie. Yeah. Um, but I do like the fact that this movie does end on Jim Carroll Band, which is another good shout. For the end of the episode. No, for just for the end of the just for the, oh, for the, end of the, movie, the, the soundtrack, movie. yeah. Good, because I thought you were going to get me to play another song at the end of this episode. And I was thinking <laughs> the actual fucking outro is going to be longer than the episode because I've got about eight songs to play. <laughs> uh, yeah, the after credit sequence is, is quite good, uh, but it, try, it does try to be bleak. It once again is not enough. It, we don't care. You've been saying we don't care about these characters. The fact that they end up they, they're stuck on the boat, they start fighting it, all the food's gone rotten, and then it, ultimately there's zombies on the island. We don't we don't care. Yeah, but um, but my final summation. Unless you've got any more notes. Nope. Uh, in truth and reality, I don't hate this movie as much as I make out. As a remake, it's nowhere near as good as the original. As its own movie, it's okay. It moves way too fast for my liking, though. And where a lot of modern air quotes fast zombies movies uh, go wrong, in my opinion, the gore is good. The acting is fifty-fifty, and all the nods to the original zombie material are all there and in the right places. The cameos as well. There are probably more that I've missed. The soundtrack is bang on. I will be harsh on it though, as people will say it's better, say that it's the better movie of the two, and that just isn't true. So I'll say it's a strong six, week seven girls too old to be playing daft teenagers out of ten. Yeah, yeah, I d- definitely not better than the original. Anyone that thinks that is from a far younger generation. It's. It's a very good standalone movie. It's a very good action movie. It's not a horror and it's not character driven at all where you don't care about any of these people. You care about Ving Rhames, but that's just because it's fucking Ving Rhames. Uh, nothing to do with the, the, the storyline of his character. I think it's a, a good movie. It's a fun movie. I think people, like the kind of older crowd, judge it too harshly because it's so different from the original drawn out character story but I still think it's a very decent fun horror watch if you want something disposable to throw on at Halloween then you can do way worse than Dawn of the Dead remake so I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 yeah I'll agree I agree with that cool have you watched anything else? We're, we're, we're getting too we're getting too good at this recording. We're not leaving ourselves enough time to watch <laughs> shit. I have actually watched shit. I've nearly watched two seasons of a thing on Netflix. I had no idea what it was until it just kind of popped up. It's called Norseman. I don't know right. if you've heard of it. Uh, I've, seen the, I've seen the, the poster thing for it, but I've not watched any of it. Basically, I thought it was like a spin-off to Vikings, which I'd watched maybe a season or two, like a year or two ago in the night, the night shift where somebody else had uh, done, like, brought in a stick and turned stuff down the lead, so I powered through Vikings. I thought, right, okay, that was good. That was dead intense, really good drama. I watched Norseman, and I didn't know anything about it. And I started watching the beginning, I'm thinking, is this a, is this meant to be a comedy? It was like weird, like kind of Norwegian way of, of talking that's very similar to the way that um, like New Zealanders, like Taikiki Waititi, 
will like do his delivery and stuff like kind of deadpan. But <laughs> say, is that say, is that pronounced properly? Say, say his name again. Uh, Taikiki Waititi. <laughs> Can you say it? I thought it was Taka Waititi. Oh, that would be right. Okay. <laughs> but I, now I don't even know. I think <laughs> you got it so wrong that it's now throwing me off. <laughs> but you know, you know, I mean, the way he, he has deadpan kind of delivery, it's kind of the same as that. So it is definitely meant to be a comedy. But it is, it's there's a lot of kind of brutal. See, it's not, it's not overly brutal, but it's quite disgusting in terms of they're always, they're always pissing or shitting and stuff, and like, um, like cutting people in half and raping and pillaging, but making like jokes about it about how it's like just, oh, it's just normal. It's like you know, that's just what we do because we're Vikings, and it's, it's actually quite fun. It's only six episodes a series, and it's only about maybe forty minutes an episode, I think, around there thereabouts, maybe half an hour. Uh, it's, it's worth. Uh, it's worth, you know, if you've got nothing else to do. Aye, uh, might check that out. You watch that? Eh, uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm working. I've got like a pile of DVDs that I bought fucking months ago or weeks ago that I'm trying to work my way through. Uh, so a lot of this stuff is just shit I've talked about before I have actually seen, but I can't put the DVD in the collection until I actually watch that DVD, even mm-hmm. if I have just watched it. So I've not watched anything good i kind of gave up on the haunt in the hill house i might go back i might go back to it eventually but i'm just it's not for me i think it's it's worth it if you can make it through it it's kind of worth it because it gets to when you get the end it's 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 all right and there's certainly it's like episode six or seven when you get that absolutely beautiful extended shot that i like i was very very impressed by but it is it's a hard watch it's a it's, it's a slow watch. Yeah, and I usually like slow burn things, but just yeah, oh, I just wasn't too keen on it. So yeah, going through try to find weird news things. There's oh, there's three really quick ones. A Turkish man is facing up to five years in prison after he reportedly called the police emergency line forty five thousand two hundred and ten times in the space of just one year. The man, a fifty-five-year-old Seraf Khan, told local media that he's been drink he had been drinking heavily and called police to have someone to speak to after his wife left him. It's not really an excuse if that's over the span of a year. You can't just say, "Well, I've been drinking heavily." So that's could, we, well, weird. he could uh, continuously drinking. That's a hundred and twenty-four times a day. <laughs> Four in the polis. Yeah, who the that's fuck quite, is that? That's time? quite excessive. That's insane, and I, I get that he's a lonely man, but surely there's better people to speak to than the police. I know a lot of policemen. Watch babe station or something. Yeah, I know a lot of policemen. I wouldn't want to talk to them at the best of times, let alone if I was. That's <laughs> <laughs> aimed at one of our friends. Yeah. Uh, a 75-year-old Minnesota woman has been arrested after she allegedly shot her grandson for not using a coaster beneath a cup of tea. Police say they found the grandson in the front yard of the woman's home with a gunshot wound to his right leg. America, you just consistently outdo yourself. Like, genuinely, how can you not say, maybe we shouldn't let everybody have a gun? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, they, it, because having a gun, it means it's, it seems to be that it's okay to use a gun. Because, you know, we have we have nut jobs in this country as well, in Great Britain, and... You know, if somebody doesn't use a coaster, I don't often hear that, you know, a granny stabbed somebody because they didn't use a coaster. So in terms of we, we all have knives here, like a kitchen knives, they're, yeah. they're weapons, but we don't use them as weapons. I guess it's because 
they have other purposes such as chop up your chicken and also because when you stab somebody it's a lot more intimate you need to be right up close and actually push it in whereas a gun you can be fully detached and its only purpose is to shoot people really and start fire bullets that essentially are supposed to injure so i mean i guess that's maybe the reason why we don't stab people on a regular basis well we do but not <laughs> daft reasons like that to be fair but, though, i mean do you think you'll ever not use a coaster again well it depends they shoot on the fucking hands because if he's he'll not be drinking tea again no the leg he was he was found oh, in the, the garden where i went to his leg i just think that I don't know what the answer is at all. No, I know what the answer is. Fucking take the guns off everybody. <laughs> I seriously don't understand why people still want to immigrate into that country. Yeah, it's wild. Absolutely wild. So yeah, take the guns off everybody in America. Dawn of the Dead is a, a decent remake as a standalone film. And we will be back next week. What are you up to that, uh, this coming week? Anything this good? coming week, I am working a lot. Ah. Such is life. Such is life. Uh, Halloween's coming up. Halloween is coming up. Sweet. We actually all went out the weekend for Halloween, but we can talk about that in another episode. Uh, when we have the stories or the <laughs> absent memories. <laughs> yeah. Oh, too many peaks behind the curtain. Too many peaks behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, so we'll see you guys next week with my pick and... I don't think it'll be a black and white one again. I think it's going to be something a bit more modern, a bit more current. So look forward to that. But still, is shit. <laughs> is rising it seems that all that was good has died oh no the world is a scary place now that you've woken up the demon in me bobby will you give it to me oh